everyone, I'm Lucy and you're listening to Season 7 of Space to Learn. The podcast is all about confidence, mindfulness and being yourself, all from the perspective of a third year university student in the UK. There's a mix of solo and guest episodes, so it's the perfect space to learn something new about what your authentic self looks like and how to express that in the best way possible. I hope you enjoy and I'm so happy to have you here. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. I hope you are having a lovely day so far, whatever you're up to. Happy Christmas as well. Almost Christmas. As um, this is coming out, it's Christmas Eve, 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 I think. Bit of a friend's reference for you there. Um, But yeah, home for the holidays now, which is really nice. It was a bit of a touch and go moment earlier in the week where I was still at uni and kind of had been in contact with some positive cases and just doing about a million lateral flows and PCRs but all negative so I'm home now which is cool um, and yeah just excited for the big day I think it's going to be really fun and praying that we don't get a lockdown really um, but yeah I am really excited for this episode to go out it's a guest episode with Dependra Mystery he's a PhD student at the University of Nottingham where I go to uni and also did his undergrad physics degree there too so we have a fair amount in common and it was kind of a good timing for this episode in things that I've been thinking about lately I've been doing some thinking about future careers and applying for some summer internships for next year and that sort of thing so yeah it was good to have a chat about careers we spoke about the difference between career trees and career ladders which I thought was really fascinating and also why it's okay to kind of switch things up get things wrong and change direction and doing that in a way that is in alignment with your definition of success which is different for everyone so I think he had some really useful advice on that area I hope that you find this beneficial in some way especially if you're a uni student and thinking about future plans that sort of thing everything we talk about is linked in the description in the show notes so have a look down there if there's anything that kind of catches your attention but yeah i'll let you get into the episode enjoy and i hope you have a lovely christmas Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Space to Learn. Today I'm joined by the amazing Dependra Mystery, who is a PhD student at the University of Nottingham. He also has a YouTube channel and I'll let him introduce himself. But yeah, we're just going to have a chat about physics and kind of career plans and kind of introspection as well. So hi Dependra, how are you doing? And if you could kind of give a brief outline of what you're about. Sure. Thanks, Lucy. Well, first of all, thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. This has been a bucket list item for me that I can now take off. Um, In terms of my intro, I like to think of it as kind of, I wear three different hats. So I'm a physicist by education. So I studied at University of Nottingham around about eight years ago and graduated um, from there in about 2013. And since then, I've been working um, for several kind of companies in startups and big and small companies doing engineering for radiotherapy machines and also for satellite communication and last year during the lockdown I ended up changing jobs a few more times for various reasons and also had the idea to come back to complete my PhD which has always been an aspiration for me and I came back to do that in April this year and um, yeah I'm working with my undergraduate tutor and also my third year lab project supervisor so similar people nice to be back with friendly faces and back into medical physics nice yeah that sounds really good I I didn't realize that you were kind of back with your same tutor from before that must be really nice to kind of come back do that full circle moment so if we can um start at the beginning I guess what is it about physics that kind of drew you in I'm also a physics student so 
kind of similar interests but yeah what was it that drew you to physics in the beginning sure so there's a couple of things really so the main one probably from a young age so i always remember watching sci-fi movies with my dad to things like star trek and um all sorts of anything where you know the scientists and there's a world disaster whether it was like you know day after tomorrow or one of those kinds of end of the world scenario movies it was always those things that got me interested in science and also i really enjoyed not the destruction part but the part where they called the scientist who was the specialist the expert who saved the day and it was really that that set me on the track to i want to be that guy not in a movie but you know in that scenario yeah if the time came to be the specialist the the scientist who could solve those problems um yeah so i think that was the the spark if you like and then moving on as i went through kind of primary school and secondary school i always liked experimenting with things i mean my parents would tell you if they were on this podcast that i tried to walk before i could crawl <laughs> and that led to a number of bruises on my head and other things and i only i only crawled when my younger brother came along and i was like what's this guy doing why is he, why is he crawling on the floor and I think that kind of led to like experimenting with like home science kits and chemistry sets and little magnet and motors things and making, I tried to make a model rocket in school with my chemistry teacher. So instead of actually, business school didn't have money to make a full on model rocket. We just bought some of the solid fuel propellant booster rocket engines and we strapped them to like a, a piece of plastic that we vacuum formed into like a fighter plane and we just let it shoot off along across the playground. So it's more like a rocket car. Um, but unfortunately, my physics wasn't that great back then. So I had so much thrust that it actually took off and crashed in the playground at a safe distance away. Um, so, yeah, all of those things, experimenting, sci-fi and science was just yeah, ingrained from the beginning. Nice. Yeah, I think that kind of common thread of problem solving is something that I really liked as well. Um, and I watched one of your videos the other day, which was why I studied physics at uni. So t- similar topic. Um, and you mentioned problem solving again in that but on a more of a, a larger scale almost and speaking about kind of solving problems for humanity. And I wondered if you wanted to expand on that in any way, what does that kind of mean to you? Yeah, sure. So um, I think my, as I carried on going through education system, I think when I was thinking about going to uni and what to study at uni, I think I initially was overwhelmed by how many different types of physics there were at uni, mm-hmm. because obviously when you're doing A-level, you just study the one thing. Um, and it was a summer school that I attended in at Oxford University that I saw, I had like a guest lecture there, I think, on MRI and how there was this concept of medical physics, which was totally new to me at the time. So that was the initial drive for me to think about studying medical physics at Nottingham University. And it was from there that I was really interested in using physics and using science and later engineering to kind of solve problems for other people, to help them to live more meaningful and fulfilling lives. And then the natural link to me in that sense was uh, the medical application, because it's very easy to see that developments in science and tech can help people to, mm. you know, lead more healthy lives and that kind of thing. So that was the initial driver there for me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I get the same appeal with medical physics. I'm on the um, medical physics, like strand of doing options in that area at uni. So yeah, I, I like the fact that it's something you can directly use and see the real world application. Like often physics, people are like, oh, is it just space and things like that? It's, it's not quite all about space. You can actually apply it to real life. So, yeah, I'm, I definitely agree with what you were saying there. Um, just to kind of speak a bit more about that um, problem solving aspect, you mentioned that 
through studying physics you've become more comfortable in kind of being wrong and pursuing your own ignorance when you're solving problems so is there something to be said do you think from from being wrong and like allowing yourself to just admit that you've made mistakes Sure. So I think first of all, I have to say a disclaimer that the uh, the pursuing ignorance was actually from a very famous TED talk. Um, oh, I could send you a link after. <laughs> uh, so that, that that was just something that kind of stuck with me. It mm-hmm. was there was a I think the guy who spoke was I can't remember his name, but he was talking about that science is basically like pursuing things that you don't know, and unless yeah. you don't put yourself in situations to not know things and you know be a beginner or be unsure or, or or not fully informed about something and asking the right questions you can never really become better at that subject and I really like that idea and it kind of helped me to relax a bit more when I was studying physics at uni because I'm sure you've seen yourself as you go through the course in the first year you're like oh this is fine you know I'm socializing mm-hmm. second year gets serious this counts towards my grades and you're like oh I've got all this reading to do and it doesn't really stop uh, when you go into the working world because you're used to learning and training via exams but in the working world just projects and people pay money for what you know and your knowledge and your skills mm. and it's a kind of a different way of looking at things so I think um, having that mindset has helped to enjoy the process a bit more rather than just being driven by let's complete this module or exam or project I think to your second part of your question in terms of how I've applied that in other areas of life um, the two examples that came to mind which are probably not physics related but they're kind of funny and I think interesting for most people listening would be the first one is actually dating so a number of my friends have asked me over the years to try out various like dating uh platforms if you like Mm -hmm. and things like online dating and speed dating things like that and I used to always find it funny talking about it with friends just like creating algorithms for these things like you know imagine if you had an online dating platform and you could work out you know as a function of how well you could write your bio how cheesy your chat up lines were um, and percentage of body revealed, you may, you know, experiment. <laughs> I never experimented with the latter, but you may be able to get somewhere with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that, that, that uh, exercise is still ongoing. <laughs> and I guess on the second point, I've also applied that kind of pursuing ignorance to my creative journey. So you've already mentioned about the YouTube channel, which is something I started this year, but last year I started a blog. So that was kind of like, my very slow easing into doing something creative. I think the aspiration was always to go on YouTube last year, but I didn't have the confidence. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that evolves over time, especially I'm sure you can relate doing something creative like the podcast um, yourself. So yeah, I think I applied it to that journey of starting a blog, writing a few articles. And then I got to a point this year where I had like a summation of articles all on a topic, which ended up being around like job hunting for graduates and young, younger people. So that kind of led me to write a book on that topic this year. Um, and then all of that content helped me to kind of create the YouTube channel and is now helping me to like be more of a creator than a consumer. Mm, yeah, that sounds great. I think, yeah, it's an interesting parallel between science and physics specifically and then creative, um, creative things because often they're seen as polar opposites, but really they are both about solving problems and trying to work out the best solution to to how to um, optimize a situation so yeah I, I like the dating um, app example <laughs> I think that's a very relevant um, use of problem solving and yeah I guess touching on your YouTube channel seeing as you seeing as you mentioned that um, how how did you develop the confidence to actually start because I know for me the driving factor it was something I'd wanted to do for maybe a couple of months but the driving factor was just mostly fear of 
um, of doing it at the time and it really took a lot of confidence so how did you how did you start and where did that confidence come from yeah sure it's a really good question um I think even now I still there's still moments where I'm scared to go on you still get that fear of even though you're not presenting to an audience you still get the palpitations because the camera's mm-hmm. in front of you and you're trying to talk to an audience that you can't see um but I think winding back the clock to the kind of the blog article journey um it was a funny uh experience was actually for, for the job I was doing at the time I was living in a, in a rented apartment and the the landlord was an author and it was really interesting so I used to have loads of chats with her about how she became an author and she recommended me this book called You Are the Message and that kind of changed my whole outlook it's a very old book from the 80s mm. uh written by a news um a news anchor and he talks about this whole idea that what you convey whether it's written word spoken or on video uh, the message is unique when it comes from you and he he spoke about how to get that message out of you in terms mm. of expressing your voice whatever medium that was so initially writing came to me naturally um and once i understood that i found it easier to kind of structure and write content i think then translating that into being comfortable on camera was always something I wanted to improve and I think as physicists naturally many of us are quite introverted and I definitely remember that when we used to have you know the group presentations for labs and other things everyone was like really nervous or people mm. just got so so worked up they couldn't actually present and I, I I managed to get over that but I still used to find that as a challenge for me in my career still something that um, I found difficult to do so I kind of saw the YouTube channel as a way to really challenge myself to do that online uh, so that's kind of one way to commit to it. And also I'm doing it with my younger brother. He has a channel too. And we both kind of agreed to start it jointly as like accountability mm. partners um, and also just to watch each other grow. And it's very interesting when you look back at your like very first video, how awkward you were and now you're yeah. trying to like work on that. Um, so yeah, I, I see that as a great thing for me to do. And I'm kind of creating it as content that I feel like my younger self, like 10, 15 years ago would have benefited from had they seen it. So mm. That's my vision. And I hope that, well, I've already had feedback from people of that age group who have benefited. So that's really good to hear. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've only watched like a couple of your videos so far, but they're really helpful and really kind of concise information, but shared in a, like a relatable way. So yeah, I, I definitely um think you've achieved that pretty well. I love what you said about um being the messenger, because for me, a lot of the, a lot of the time, the self-doubt comes from from feeling like I don't have a valid viewpoint but everyone does have a valid viewpoint and I would say that to any friend so yes it's kind of telling yourself that I guess um going back to kind of the content of your YouTube channel you speak a lot about careers and that's the kind of side of the channel that I was most drawn to um you spoke in a video about the concept of career trees versus career ladders and I think that was really really useful so I'd love it if you could explain that kind of shift in mindset a little bit yeah sure that's good a good point to pick up on so this this idea is something I struggled with immensely last year as I decided to kind of shift from a full-time job to coming back to do a PhD so I was going through this kind of exercise in my in my journal and we were speaking about journaling the other day so that's something I've been doing Mm. since I left uni I probably should have started it at uni so if you're listening to this and you're at uni then you know start journaling in some way shape or form even if it's just in, in your notebook or somewhere. Um, yeah. Today, I use an app called uh, Day One, which is like cloud-based solution, and you can type or scribble or take pictures or do video entries. There's like loads of ways of doing it. 
Um, so it's quite nice because it also gives you like reminders from the year before. So as I'm writing things in it this year, it goes, oh, this day last year, you oh, were talking cool. about changing jobs. So mm. <laughs> it's nice because it helps you to review your year as you go through, which is quite, quite cool. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, getting back to the point of the ladders and trees model. Um, so essentially, yes, the ladder is, you can think of it as this is the view or the, the thinking that you're kind of conditioned to believe by society, your peers, your family, your friends. Um, it's in no way wrong, um, but that is kind of the, the common method in terms of, you know, in your career, you should start a junior role and progress to a senior role. Might be one of them. Or if you apply it to your personal life, you know, by a certain age, you should be married and having kids and having a house and these kinds of things um so you can almost think of it as you're living from a script um depends how many levels of depth you want me to go into on this but there's loads of books i've been reading on this kind of idea of living on living through a script and living um living more meaningfully in the way that you want to live but just mm -hmm. looking at it through the lens of a of a career the tree is kind of a different way where you're then not just thinking about moving upwards which lo a lot of people associate moving upwards with an increase in title, an increase in pay, um, perhaps largely that's driven by your ego and probably is for many people. Mm. Um, I definitely found myself in that. I think it is a trap and I think there's nothing wrong with calling it a trap. Um, I definitely found myself in that at a point in my career where, you know, I was an engineer and I was looking to be a manager and I even saw it with some younger graduates that I used to interview for sort of junior level roles. When you ask them, you know, what's your three to five year plan? Mm. I want to be an engineer for a year or two then I want to be a manager and then you're like okay so why do you want to be a manager or pay okay yeah. and do you think that's going to bring you more happiness yes so there's kind of that kind of feedback loop and obviously as many of you are aware when you chase the income it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be more financially free or happier because most mm -hmm. people accommodate their lifestyle with the increase in pay so you end up in a rat race situation so the idea in this book um called what we owe each other I just want to pronounce this correctly, by Benus Shafiq. Um, it's an idea that kind of changed my mind. And she actually drew a really nice picture in the book about being able to move sideways as well as upwards. Mm. And she expresses this idea of sideways as not necessarily going from being an engineer to working in a supermarket or something like very abstract, but it could just be a totally different way to apply your skill set in a way that you might not have seen. And because people are so often focused on this kind of script or this tunnel vision of climbing the ladder. They don't really look outside of their, of their niche or where they're in. And I think the reasons for adopting this tree approach is that because of advancements in technology and the pace of everything shifting today in the world, there's so many things that are changing that, you know, in a few years time there could be, or there are job roles that you've never even heard of. Mm. So why, why continue to adopt the, the ladder model when you might miss an opportunity that might be a perfect fit for you mm. uh, so that, that, that's one thing the second is about fulfillment in terms of happiness life um, and this whole avoiding this loop of chasing income alone and thinking about things as you know as you go through life and as you learn and evolve yourself you're naturally going to enjoy and want to perhaps pursue different challenges or pursue things that interest you differently for example you're doing a podcast I'm doing a YouTube channel that wasn't in my plan mm. five years ago that you know yeah. I was going to do these things but Equally, there's an intersection of ideas between sharing science and, you know, by making a video about something scientific, you can inspire somebody to do something scientific or in tech. Um, so for me, I've enjoyed seeing those parallels and those intersections. And I think 
from what I've seen recently, I'm sure yourself as well, that the interesting stuff seems to happen at the intersection between different fields, not necessarily, you know, just being X or being Y. Mm. Um, so I think once you open yourself up to this tree view and, you know, cut some of the shackles away of following a script and income alone, obviously finances and everything else are important, but having more of an open mind is all I'm saying. And maybe talking to people who are not naturally in your social group or in your peer group and just like I call it um lifestyle design interviews so that's an idea taken from another book where you kind of if you're thinking about an idea you interview somebody who's doing that thing and ask them about it and see if you think you might enjoy it so Mm -hmm. I've done that quite a lot over the last few years with various people just from like LinkedIn and online and it's really good just to find out would I enjoy that and there's so many so many chance opportunities and ideas that you come across for collaborations like these, like this podcast, for example, um, and things that you just wouldn't have seen otherwise if you were following the ladder approach. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, to sum it all up, it's like just broadening your perspective and seeing things with that open, open mindset. Um, Do you think it's kind of a a result of um, receiving advice from people older than you and specifically maybe teachers or parents who have experienced the the career ladder do you think kind of it is still appropriate to listen to people a lot more seniors advice or is that kind of an outdated uh, model now so uh, of course it's important to to take advice from people older older than mm-hmm. yourself um, I still do have a bearing of input from my parents um mm-hmm. maybe the percentage of that contribution has gone down over over time but I think that's with kind of mutual respect as they've realized you know the world is changing and some of the models they had which was do you get the best education you can and then stay in a job for life and then you'll have job security and everything else will follow naturally from that I think some of those notions are still well and valid in some scenarios in some instances but mm-hmm. I think with the way uh, the world is changing. Let's take, for example, things like the pandemic. You can imagine that with the kind of cycled people in the office, not in the office, it can be quite disruptive to to people's lifestyles mm. um, and, and the way that they're working. And perhaps more people are thinking about um, moving towards the idea of what I call like a portfolio career. So maybe not just having a job, they might do some freelancing or they might do some consulting or they might do their own creative thing on the side just so that they have multiple things on the go. They don't rely on just one source of, of income alone. And also it gives them you know, the flexibility to explore their hobbies as well. So in terms of kind of your own journey, have you felt any societal pressures to carry on on the, the like career ladder, as it were? So you were kind of working in engineering and things like that and working your way up and then have taken this shift. Was that something that was quite challenging was it a difficult decision to make or was it just something that came naturally yeah so I think yes it was it was challenging there's plenty of entries in the journal about that in fact Mm -hmm. I had to make a separate journal section called career for that (laughs) um, last year but um, I think it was calculated risks obviously looking at various aspects of of my life in terms of what I enjoy personally professionally in terms of the avenues I could potentially open up for myself longer term Mm. and also and also financially but I think there's always going to be those societal pressures whether it's from your family so um yeah for me being from a British Asian family the idea of settling down and being married is a always a, like a constant pressure so there was mm. there was that from my from my parents um 
and also the question of like what, what what will you do after your PhD which I think is the same even for yourself I'm sure your parents yeah. are saying the same what you do what you're going to do when you finish your degree and mm-hmm. it's I had no idea before I took my degree what I was going to do. It was just, you know, at the moment, I want to do this. So I think I approached it in the same way. But I guess as you get older, you've got to be more um, more considered, uh, more calculated in that, because obviously, as you get older, the, the weight of your decisions are more important mm-hmm. in terms of where you want to be in so many years' time. So, yeah, I think I think they were there. But I think I've kind of thought about them from different angles and... Yeah, I've spoken to friends and family, and I think like this opportunity is going to increase. I think I mentioned to you before my kind of surface area for serendipity mm. in terms of the opportunities and also the people that I could interact with, and also the the PhD kind of for me combines lots of areas that I've worked in, in industry over the years, all in one. So it's like an intersection of engineering and medical physics and things that I'm passionate about in, in one place. Yeah, yeah, I love the idea about um, increasing your surface area for serendipity. I think that's a really nice way of putting it and summarising the kind of tree career tree model. Um, and I definitely agree about intersections. I think the the thing that's most appealing to me about this podcast is the fact that I can speak to so many different people and to just combine different ideas in different ways. And that is, yeah, something I really enjoy. Um, in terms of making those decisions like you're mentioning how important do you think it was um to to kind of look inwards rather than just to external sources you mentioned kind of advice from friends and family but also about journaling so I wonder kind of what was the balance between looking outwards for advice and also listening to your own advice yeah sure I think for for this decision in particular I've never been more more confused but I think it was Mm. quite a big shift for me personally um so initially I think I I tried to go off my own kind of gut feeling and that changed quite a few times at one point I was like yes no yes no and then I kind of finally made a decision in January of this year but in terms of my position I actually left the company that I was working for at the end of 2020 in December just because for me the the work culture and the environment wasn't what I thought it was and I found to be quite toxic or negative for me mm-hmm. so I didn't really want to stay there so I at the point I'd left I didn't actually have a PhD or a job but for me I thought I thought it was the best opportunity for me to create some mental headspace yeah. to leave that environment and then spend some time of introspection mm-hmm. so I'd already applied to the PhD but I heard back because I had to have an interview just before Christmas uh, at the back end of last year and I think at that time we were going into a lockdown so it was all a bit like we're not sure if you can get funding and all these things yeah. um but luckily my supervisor back in undergrad who's now my supervisor again managed to actually pull that together in like two weeks I'm not sure how she did that <laughs> so that was amazing on her part but yeah I think I did spend a lot of time looking inwards and I read quite a few books at that time mm. uh, to help me with that and um that's actually what I'm making a video about this week called how to review your life, which is this idea of introspection. And for me, I think the biggest thing it came down to was redefining to me what success meant. Mm. So I spent a long, long time on that. And sometimes I'd literally wake up in the morning and my new morning routine became having a coffee and then sit, sitting there and typing for like an hour yeah. in, in the app, just trying to, I was, I normally finish with like questions the night before, like, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then I'll mm. almost try and talk. There's like a conversation with myself, but I found it really good to like undo all of this 
societal conditioning or, yeah. or you know wh- whatever you want to call it and just try and really tackle um what success meant where, where I wanted to go and not trying to worry too much about conforming and worrying about obviously yes there's calculations for like where you want to be a few years from now etc cetera, etc cetera. but right now what do you feel like is the best option and I think for me it came down to if I waited a few more years I probably wouldn't want to commit to a PhD because I probably would be seriously looking about you know settling down and having it starting a family and that kind of yeah. thing so it's either like now or never but equally nothing was like firmed up at that point so it was a leap of faith mm. um, but I think I've done that a few times in my career where I've left a company not having had another job to kind of take a mini retirement uh, there'll be more videos on that as well <laughs> and how you can go about doing that but uh, for me in this case it was I, I was really looking for something different I kind of had done that too many times of you know changing jobs and finding that the environment and the culture and some of the things were very similar and I was looking for a bit more of a step change in that mm. but also living a bit more freely I'd, I'd always looked at it because I was looking at it in the ladder view I was always looking at okay well if I get a bit better title or if I get a bit more of a salary increase and more responsibility that should be good by normal conventions and therefore I should be fulfilled and happy but it didn't really turn out to be the case yeah. so I, I had to look at it in a in a bigger picture view um and for me the PhD ticked take more of the boxes mm. after I'd done this exercise of redefining success, working on some affirmations for myself and kind of creating what I call like anchor statements. So if I ever felt like during the PhD, I got um, confused or a bit down or just felt like, you know, this is too difficult. It was kind of like, come back. If you feel like this, go back and read what you wrote yeah. when you were like sane a few <laughs> months ago. So I think having those are really good because all of us, whatever we're doing whether it's undergrad or working wherever you are you're always going to feel those moments of like this isn't for me or I've mm. got some doubt or not sure where to go um and nobody really tells you about these things you don't really you don't really learn these things and it's hard to find some of that information online um so yeah was, this was just a mixture of inputs from various books and things that I'd people that I follow online and I was just trying to spend the time and really pull it together mm. yeah that sounds great I definitely have done that journal prompt before of kind of what does success mean to me and I think it is a really good one to do so I would I would recommend and obviously you've recommended it too but it's it is personal to everyone and I think we tend to see success as just this one definition of maybe really well-paid job and a family and like all those things but it can it can be completely different for everyone so it's worth taking that time to work out what it actually means for you I think. And I guess kind of that goes back to what we were saying at the start about being open to make mistakes and being open to to see things in a different way. And I think your shift in career is a good example of the way that you've applied what you've learned from physics and solving problems to your like everyday life and big decisions that you've had to make. So, yeah, I think that kind of ties it in nicely. Have you got any goals for the future? I know goals are kind of a bit... um, like contested sometimes but I wonder if you have any any big goals apart from maybe your PhD and things like that that you're trying to work on yeah I mean there's always there's always lots of things as you as you said I think Mm -hmm. in 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 the short term it's more about trying to build better habits so that certain things for me don't become like a long long list of goals which is what I used to do like five years ago it was like oh I want to 
do this for my health and earn this much and mm-hmm. have a like fulfilling relationship and do this and do that and then you come to the end of the year and you're like mm, I haven't really done yeah, all exactly. those things um and I just also used to find myself going through the same list of goals and rewording them for the next year so if it was you know get into a relationship it would be then go on the next number of dates but quantifying mm-hmm. certain things doesn't necessarily lead to a better result yeah um it's obviously especially when it involves other people uh so I think for me it's more about building better habits so around health and my lifestyle so that certain things are more automated so I don't really have to think about them mm-hmm. and almost certain things like that are taken care of um if, if you're taking it to the extreme you'll think of you know not that I'm doing that yet but Steve Jobs wearing the same clothes every day <laughs> yeah. certain things you just have that you don't have to make a decision on just mm-hmm. makes it easier um so that, that that's one one thing I guess my longer term goal is to kind of build building on the idea I mentioned before around this kind of portfolio career mm-hmm. so I don't really see myself staying in a research full-time but I don't necessarily see myself doing YouTube full-time but I would like to do something in between yeah and I think there's quite a few things that I I have enjoyed doing in my career um like on and off I tend to I've done some consulting for companies in the past, so that's quite fun. Um, volunteering in schools is something I still spend time doing, like mm-hmm. through STEM and that kind of stuff. And just having the time to do those things, do do the YouTube. Um, I also wanted to write another book about my career and some of the topics we've just talked on that I kind of planned, but then started the PhD, so I put it on pause. But I've got yeah. like it, got it roughly planned. Um, yeah, I think just living living more freely in that way, so having kind of several streams of activity but not necessarily having a full-time job Mm. Um, so that's kind of why I call it a portfolio career because it's like a number of different pockets of activity and I'm in control of how much time I assign those each week Mm. or each month Um, but I think there would have to be there would be a technical element of it which might be like working with companies or providing advice there might be there would definitely be a creative element in terms of like writing and the YouTube and that kind of stuff Um, and also like the volunteering and giving back or talking at events or uh, yeah. doing anything like that would be great to do. That's really cool. That really appeals to me as well. I think I'm the sort of person who likes having a load of different projects on the go at, at one time. So yeah, I think that sounds really good. And there's some big goals in there. So best of luck with all of that. I'm sure you'll be great. Um, so finally, I wanted to finish with the question that I ask to everyone that I invite on the podcast, which is, a bit of a big one, um, so no pressure, but what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Yeah, so I, was, I spent a long time thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a hodgepodge of uh, things that I've journaled on and things that I've read and advice I've been given. But the, the gist of it is to make the leap first, whatever that leap is for you, wherever you are in your life, whether it's a personal, professional or other goal, and then kind of fine-tune your approach as you go along. Uh, once you're underway, you kind of realise you know more than you know so you just need to trust your instincts but a lot of people get stuck especially physicists and technical people in this state of uh, paralysis uh, by analysis mm-hmm. or the other way around um, but you know they read they read too much and they think if they read enough theory that when they do the experiment or do the real thing it's going to work there's a big difference between theory and practice yeah so I would encourage you just to get on with the practice uh, take calculate the risk and kind of you know get fine-tuned as you go along but there's nothing like real world learning Mm. yeah I love that that's that's really great advice 
cool well thanks so much for coming on the podcast I feel like I've learned a lot and I'll be when I edit it back I'm sure I'll be like making notes and writing down all the really key points that you mentioned so yeah thanks very much and if you'd like to kind of plug your YouTube channel or where people can find you that would yeah you're welcome to do that sure so um professionally I'm on I'm on LinkedIn uh creatively I'm trying to master Instagram so forgive me for some of my images and pictures that I upload <laughs> I also have YouTube channel and, and and Twitter too my handle is Defender J Mystery um yeah keep an eye out for YouTube from next year I'm going to be trying to be much more consistent with my upload schedule trying to put out a video a week to help people navigate their career and and to be their best self so if you'd like to hear more on this kind of content then yeah be sure to check it out Perfect. Great. Yeah, I'll leave everything in the show notes below, all the books and things like the journaling app in the description. So if you want to check anything out from the episode, then have a look down there. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lucy.